Hello, everyone, and welcome back to This Is Us, Portland, our community conversation. We are very excited today to welcome to our table. First off, I'm Mary Punt, Director of Youth and Senior Services, and I have also with me today Allison Benke, our Youth Service Outreach Coordinator, and we have two great folks from our I'll say our Valley View School, and I'm gonna let them give their own titles of what they do at that school, because I think that's gonna be the most important thing. We have Ellen Kelly and Corinne Scorvano. So welcome to our podcast table, and Ellen, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at uh, Valley View School, besides almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mary. How's that? With it's very bit. nice to be here. Um, <laughs> I am one of two pre-K teachers at Valley View. So the pre-K program services children ages three to five um, who are coming to us for preschool. And our program is an integrated preschool program. So we have some students who are peer models and we have some students who have identified special education needs. Um, and the students are all together in a classroom learning together. And um, it's a great place. We have a lot of fun. Um, and we have half-day programs, so we have morning programs and afternoon programs. And I know before our all of our worlds changed a little bit, about how many students did you have in your program? Um, so there's two teachers, and each of us have approximately 10 to 12 students in each session. Um, our numbers do change throughout the year because we do have children that come into us um, as three-year-olds when they turn three. If a child has been receiving some birth to three services and they turn three, then they are eligible to come to the public school. Um, and our peer models typically start at the beginning of the school year in September. So the peer models can enter into the regular program once they turn. Is that what you just said? Yes, yes. Once, um, well, the peer models start at the beginning of the school year. They're usually selected in the spring. We have a lottery process. Um, and if parents are interested in having their child become involved in our program, they can contact the school and get information about how to get your child on that list for the lottery. And students who have identified special education needs either come to us through birth to three services once they're too old for those services, or some children we find through our child find screenings. And you advertise those screenings, I believe. Yes, we do. We have them once a month. I know that's a, a program that a lot of people do start to ask about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you ever have questions, please call the school. You can ask for um, any of the pre-K staff, and we'd be happy to talk to you about it. There's also information on the Portland Schools website about the preschool program. Great. Corinne. Hi. Hi, I'm thrilled to be here as well. Um, I am a kindergarten teacher at Valley View. Uh, I'm one of five kindergarten teachers um, for the upcoming school year, and we have a full-day kindergarten program at Valley View. Excellent. So um, I think today what we're here to talk about, we're getting ready to go to kindergarten next year. We have a whole group of kids coming out of pre-K and different programs across Portland and getting ready to start kindergarten. And we thought since we're in a different time and place than we were this time last year, that this kindergarten readiness orientation, so to speak, uh, looks a little bit different. So we're going to do it podcast style. 
and have a conversation about what parents um, can expect from kindergarten and also what steps uh, you guys would recommend they take this summer to help support and prepare and help their kids grow and get ready to go towards kindergarten. So a great step maybe to, to start with is what does kindergarten look like? in terms of your team. So we have kindergarten teachers, but there's also lots of other enrichment and awesome activities and support that kids have. Mm -hmm. Um, And what does that look like if you didn't know, if you don't have a kindergartner already? Okay, so like I said, we have five kindergarten teachers. Um, This past year, we all had between 19 to 20 children in a class. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are for next year. Um, The children also go to specials. So they go to gym with Mr. Guerin and the kids call him Mr. G mm-hmm. and art with Mrs. French and music with Miss Lebrecht. And they also go to library and technology with Mrs. Thorpe. She's our library and media specialist. Okay. But in addition to that, there's also support services for the children. And I'll let um, Ellen talk a little bit about those. Okay. So in terms of support services, um, Mrs. Ref- Mrs. Scrivano is referring to, um, we do have special education support services for students in kindergarten. Okay. Um, if a child is coming out of our preschool program, moving into kindergarten, and we know that they have an identified need, they could continue to get support from a special education teacher in kindergarten. Um, there's also um, ways to identify students who are new to kindergarten if they're having some difficulties and after some different interventions are tried in the classroom. There is a process that teachers follow for helping to identify if students um, need more help, um, and that process can be activated um, and explored with a child and with families. Um, We also have a lot of related service staff in our building. We have an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, a speech language pathologist, um, and those, and, and we also have a school social worker. All of these people um, are there to provide support for students who have identified needs, um, and they work, we work really well as a team. So those services are available. Um, and we also have paraprofessional support in our building. We're very lucky that we have um, a good amount of paraprofessional support. We have young children in our building who uh, sometimes need a lot of assistance with, you know, just simple tasks. So, um, you know, it's very helpful to have extra hands and a lot of our paras um, are very skilled in what they do and they've been well-trained. That's excellent. Yeah. And then even in addition to that, we have um, a reading specialist who provides reading support and then a math tutor that helps with some math support throughout the year. Um, so there's lots of, as Ellen said, lots of support. That the yeah. So the kids, the kids start school with a whole new outlook on, um, their experience and what's going to happen and all the great folks that are there for them. Um, I guess one of the things we need to talk about is a day in the life of a kindergartner. And it might be, um, this could be a tricky question because of the situation that we are in right now with how schooling is and not really knowing one of you know what school will look like so that's one of the the things that we we had discussed before coming on the podcast was you know we just don't know we don't know what school will be like the best that we can do is we know we have a whole group of kids that are going to kindergarten in one capacity or another 
and what are the things um, you know that their parents and caregivers need need to know or should know, and that's the point of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So that being said, that this is kind of an unknown. It's you know it could be a perfectly normal kindergarten start, or it might be you know could could go all over the box. Um, what would you say to a, a, a new group of parents or caregivers that a day would look like for kindergartners if they were walking in the front door and meeting all of your wonderful faces and starting their, you know, their school career, their next 13 years? Um, what, would, what would you say to those families a day would look like? So um, one of the things we do right from the beginning in kindergarten is we establish a lot of routines to help yeah. the days go smoother. So um, there's a lot of routines starting from the very beginning of the day. Um, and we feel like these routines are very important and they need to be practiced. So they have a whole routine of even how they come into school and how they check their backpacks and we ha- they sign up for lunch. Um, and then they kind of come in and do, um, in the beginning of the year, they'll, they'll do some play at the tables mm-hmm. at the start of the day. But a year, as the year goes on, they start to do what we call morning work. Um, And it starts off with very simple review type activities Um, that is followed up in the classrooms by a morning meeting. Um, We use a responsive classroom approach um, and use morning meeting as a way to um, share ideas and experiences with each other. We'll play games. We have a morning message Mm -hmm. um, where the teacher kind of goes over some of of the things for the day. Um, and also might have um, a discussion point as part of that message. Um, we go over the schedule every day so the kids know what to expect. Um, the kids do better if they know what's coming next. Um, right. And they end up becoming very driven by the schedule. They look at it to see what's going to happen next, and they really do rely on it. Um, so we go over the schedule every day. Um, we have part of our day called number corner and that has a lot to do with the cat with calendar skills. Um, but not just calendar skills. We work on patterning. We work on counting. We work on counting by tens. So a lot of skills are interwoven into that. Um, and for most of our academics, we use a workshop approach. Um, so we do reading workshop, writing workshop and math workshop. Um, So what that entails is that the teacher does a, we call it a mini lesson. Um, They're young, so they can't sit long. So the lesson lasts for about 10 to 12 minutes um, with a, with a very solid, succinct teaching point. And then we send the kids off to go off and practice that skill. So they're either going to be going off to practice their reading, their writing, or their math. And then throughout that time, the teacher is um, either working in small groups or conferencing one-on-one with the kids um, on on what they're doing. Okay. And then at the end of that time, the teacher brings the kids back to the rug as a review of what's happened. And we talk about how things went and what they learned. And the, the teacher may point out something she saw somebody doing good, or it might be something that somebody was struggling with and how they solved their problems together. Um, so there's a lot of back and forth between teachers and students. Mm-hmm. We have science, um, not every day, but a couple times a week or social studies. We rotate science and social studies. Um, it's a very busy day. Um, we have snack in the room and lunch and recess um, and read alouds. Um, it's a very, very full day. Right. Um, and then they're going to their specials, too. Um, but we try. We know it's structured, and they have a lot that they learn in kindergarten. 
but we also know that they're coming into school at four and five and they need that time to play and explore and discover. So we do what we can to make learning fun and active so that they're actively involved. Right. I think one, one thing that I've seen over the course of time is certainly the change in what kindergarten looks like now as to what it looked like quite a few years back. Mm -hmm. And one who sat through so many of your kindergarten orientations, you know, I've, I've seen that change. And I, I'm hoping that the parents do realize and understand how important kindergarten is and how much it has changed and have that you're talking about structure. And I know that that's so important with the kids because maybe the structure doesn't happen at home as tight as it does at school, but that structure is so important because they get it and they understand it and they can follow directions and follow that because it's if everyone's doing it they can do it too but that structure is so so important yeah and a, a great thing parents can do is just establish routines at home so when you know a child before a child when a child gets up in the morning there are maybe a couple things they need to do before they come downstairs or you know maybe it's just a routine for when they come in the door or a routine for going to bed at night but establishing those routines for simple things at home could really help. And certainly start things like that maybe a couple of weeks before, if not they've already started a couple weeks before they start school. So mm -hmm. that they're gonna be in that, that mindset that this is a routine, this is what I need to do. Instead mm -hmm. of waiting till maybe the day before, the night before to say, okay, this is your bedtime and it's time to go to bed. Right. That's just a minimal thing, but there's so many other things that they can just help with, help that child get accustomed to that uh, structure that's going to hit them when they start that, that day, that very long day, mm -hmm. that very long day. And another yes. thing we really um, spend a lot of time teaching, especially at the beginning of the year, is independence. Mm -hmm. So um, trying to get the kids to be independent, that, you know, we... Um, if they need something for themselves, we're not going to go get it for them. At, you know, within reason, we expect them to know how to do it and get it from the, for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and things you can do at home is, you know, if you're at the dinner table and you forget a fork, mom and dad don't need to go up and get their child a fork. The child can get it for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, learning how to open snacks and things like that um, are all things to just develop that independence. And I just wanted to interject, too, that I know... Um, that beginning of the school year feeling for a lot of children is either excitement or nervousness. Um, you know, I know some kids feel anxiety about coming to school, but I just want to reassure parents that, you know, the staff at Valley View works really well together. Um, it's a very positive staff, very upbeat and very welcoming. Um, and that our goal is to promote independence with children and have them be more, um, you know, self-starters, but of course, in the beginning when children come to school, everything's new and they're learning so many new things. And as Mrs. Scrivano said, the routines are so important. So in the beginning, there's a lot of staff around to help model what they need to do. There's lots of visual pictures, supports, where children learn what those steps are. And then gradually the teachers start to kind of fade away those supports with the hope that children are picking those skills up on their own, um, that they're not on their own, but they're able to do it more independently. Right, right. Um, you guys touched quite a bit on this transition from summer or even, you know, this past school year, the end of the school year into summer and then into the kindergarten year. 
and what what caregivers can do and pay attention to or you know ways to make it a little bit easier for our kiddos as they start their kindergarten year can you elaborate a little bit on that um just to give a few more helpful tips tips we talked a lot about routine and establishing that if it's not already in place the simple ones but are there any other things that really stand out as topics that people might want to might want to think about um you know i know we talked uh, we've talked before about what it is that we want children to be able to do on their own and and when they come to school they have to learn that you know a parent isn't right there to take care of every little thing so some of those independent skills are keeping track of your own belongings. Um, in school, you'll have a locker or a cubby, and that's where you're gonna put some of your personal belongings. And learning that it's okay, that's where they go, and they're gonna be there for you when it's time to go get them. Uh, we encourage children to bring a backpack to school. Um, when children come to school, they get a folder. Our PTO very generously uh, purchases pocket folders for each one of the children and they learn to put all of their school papers from the day in their folders. Mm -hmm. Those folders go home, and it's our expectation that the folder comes back the next day, hopefully empty, which means those papers have been shared at home and parents have seen what they've done in school. Um, and so children learn that they have to hang their backpack up in their locker. In cooler weather, they're learning how to take their coat off and put their coat on. Um, zipping and buttoning, those kinds of skills are important. Um, also shoes and footwear. Um, it's really important that children learn to start to be able to take shoes off or on as they need to. Um, and think about what safe footwear should look like when you send your child off to school. Uh, children are out on the playscape in the warmer weather and flip-flops and sandals aren't really safe on the playscape, so it's preferable to have sneakers or some sort of more um, secure shoe so mm -hmm. that you're not having things slide off your feet. Um, learning how to use a bathroom independently is a big thing that uh, kindergarten students need to know how to do. Um, parents can really work at teaching their children how to manage their clothing when they're in the bathroom by themselves. Can they independently wipe themselves? Uh, a kindergarten teacher doesn't have that time to go into the bathroom for every student and help them. Um, so, and you know, this is not just because of what's going on in the world right now, but hand washing is so, so important and knowing how to wash your hands. Um, you know, it's something as a preschool teacher, I spend a lot of time on. Children have a habit of, you know, squirting out the soap and putting their hands under the water and the soap slides off and they've never rubbed it around. So really teaching kids to thoroughly wash their hands. Um, it's just, you know, it's extra important now, but it's something that's a really important skill. Um, you know, learning to listen, learning to listen to an adult, um, not interrupting, trying your very best to learn those rules that we take turns when we talk and speak and being respectful. Uh, that's something that families can practice at home very easily in conversations or uh, family get-togethers. Um, and then a big thing that's taught in kindergarten is cooperation. Mm -hmm. How to work with someone else and listen to someone else's ideas. Um, Turn-taking and sharing, all of those skills are so, so important. Right. Yeah, I, and I also think too, like following directions, you know, 
try with one step direction. And then if your child's ready, do two step directions um, because there's a lot of direction following in kindergarten. And um, they need to be able, as Ellen said, to listen to those directions and then go ahead and follow them. Um, and as Ellen said, there's a lot in place in the beginning of the year to help them with that, but we do start to fade off with some of those. Um, also, being able to read their name is very helpful. They don't have to be able to do that when they come to kindergarten, but it is helpful because they are going to find their name everywhere. And if they don't know how, they are going to learn quick, which is, that's the good news. Um, but it's helpful if they come being able to read their name and even if they know the letters within their name is helpful. I think one of the things that really stuck out for me as you guys were talking about this in terms of what we're living right now and over the summer is next year could quite possibly be very important for knowing how to take direction, how to listen to your teachers, because, you know, the rules and regulations might be often enhanced for safety reasons, for keeping our kids secure and safe. So even over the summer, and this is a message kind of for all ages of parents, you know, of kids of all ages is that might be even, you know, even more critical. Not that it's not every other year because our kids should be, be able to do those skills, but next year could, could be a new kind of year. Right. And it would be, you know, it would really help our kids if they could stop and listen to all the new and, you know, updated plans that might be in place. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, things like along those lines too, um, and back to the idea of independence and self-help skills is, you know, being able to use a tissue and what to do with a tissue um, yes. is very important. Uh, some children just, you know, don't think to go and get a tissue. And where do you put a tissue when you're done with it? Those are just really good hygiene skills that I think bear some practice. It would be very helpful. Yes. Um, and then I just wanted to put a plug into because that was focusing on the independent skills. But um, as teachers, you know, are we're also looking at the academics and just spend a lot of time with books at home. Yeah. Um, reading to your child is so critical. Mm -hmm. um, and then also teaching your child to have some quiet time to look at books by themselves. Um, in kindergarten, they spend a lot of time trying to build that stamina for the amount of time that a child can independently interact with a book mm -hmm. and what's the appropriate way to hold the book and turn the pages and you don't always need a grown-up reading the story to you. You can do a picture walk and you can think about what the words can say. So building those foundations of reading. Right, right. So that's really um, maybe go a little bit more into what will our kindergartners learn? What, what, what are the, what's the path that they will take during the kindergarten year? Because I think sometimes people don't realize quite to the extent that kindergartners do learn our kids are learning so much more than we were when we were kindergartners. So what are some of the things that you could share with caregivers and parents about what, what your kids are learning? So that to me is what's so exciting. I yeah. think kindergarten is the most amazing year because the growth is tremendous. And mm -hmm. so you have the physical growth, of course, but the emotional growth and the way they grow as, as just human beings. But the academic growth is incredible. So uh, kindergartners learn to read now. Uh, it's a big change from when I was in kindergarten where we were painting and napping. Um, they are learning to read. It, it, it's a very full day and it's, it's at times challenging, but they're learning to read. 
they're learning to write. And when I say write, they're not just writing letters. They are writing three-page stories or three pages about a topic. Um, they are learning, you know, to count and add and subtract um, and a lot of number sense. And that might, might sound like a lot, but they do it. They, they do it. They, they have 50 sight words that they learn, 52 sight words. And most kids come out of kindergarten knowing, knowing 80% or higher of those sight words. I mean, it's really incredible. They're, they're sponges. They I love just going to say that. They're like little sponges. <laughs> yeah, they, they really love coming to school. Um, and, and then they just, they, they learn it. They, they work hard. I'm not going to tell you they don't work hard because, you know, the teachers work hard. The kids work hard. We're busy. We're trying to make it fun so that it's meaningful for them. But mm -hmm. it's amazing what they learn in kindergarten now. And, and the fact that these four and five, kids come in at four and five and they're coming out as, as readers. It's, it's truly amazing. wonderful. And it's a great experience. It's a wonderful thing to watch as a teacher and as a parent as well. I love that. Um, so one of the perspectives I think that I'd be curious to know your opinion on is over the summer, um, besides all of the awesome tips you gave us in terms of self-care and routines and learning about books and reading and all those great things, what are some of the things that parents can do just to help their kids through this special time that we're in. So I know I, I work a lot in mental health. How can we support our kids um, in the next summer months just so that they're well and ready and able to start during the summer or, or during the school year? I think one of the things that comes up for me and has, I'm sure for you guys, as you've taught the end of the school year is slowing down and spending time, um, extra hugs, extra love, extra time as a family, extra board games, whatever it is, um, what are the things that y you would say to a family just to reassure them that things are, you know, things are gonna be okay in that sense? Yeah, so the, some of the things that you just touched upon are, are so important. You know, mm -hmm. having family dinners and having conversations um, with, your, with the children and, and not allowing them to opt out of saying, oh, I don't know, or I can't. But, you know, um, sometimes it's just how you phrase a question instead of saying, you know, what did you do today? You could say, oh, tell me, um, tell me your favorite part of um, when you were playing with, you know, a friend or something. So be specific with your questioning. But I think those um, family conversations are so important because the kids need to learn how to converse back and forth. Um, you also mentioned board games or any kind of game um, is great for turn taking it's great for cooperation. It's great for those social skills. And it's okay that your child doesn't win every time. The children yeah. need to learn that sometimes we win, sometimes we lose the games. And that's okay. Um, that's an important thing for kids to learn. And it's not easy because I think we all want them to be happy. So it's very easy to, to let them win. But I think they also need to learn to be graceful winner losers as well. Um, be sports. Yeah. Well, they're doing it. Yeah, there's so much you can do just as a family and reading together and um, talking about your, maybe your favorite part of the book and, um, yeah. you know, things like that. I, I also wanted to share, too, that, um, you know, Allie, you touched on sort of these times that we're in and, um, you know, so many decisions are evolving on a day-to-day -day basis. But mm -hmm. I think it's important that parents um, 
you know, try to be excited about the fact that your child is going to be making this transition to school. It should be an exciting time. Um, and be reassured that the staff at school wants the best for each child that enters our door and that we um, are going to be in communication with parents. We are doing everything we can to make it a great learning environment. And so if a parent is feeling anxious, that I would um, encourage them to talk about it with a friend or you know, call the school and ask to talk to the principal or the social worker. Um, after school starts, you can certainly, as a parent, reach out to your child's teacher. But try to work through those anxious feelings adult to adult um, because we don't want kids to feel those anxious feelings. We want them to be excited and be happy about being at school. Um, and so we want to do everything we can to build that confidence. And children really look to their parents first to kind of get the lay of the land. So just be reassured that we want to have, you know, we want your child to have a great experience at our school. Right. It will be your school too, once they enter the door. Yeah. And one of the messages I'm sure you've been saying to all your parents is, um, you know, take a deep breath and take each day for yourself and go easy on yourself. Right. You know, no one expects perfection or right. a list of this is what we need you to do. These are just helpful tips, helpful hints, and really enjoy your kids this summer. Spend time, have right. fun, be outside, really take that time to, to connect and get ready to go. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is, is there information on the, the Board of Education website for those parents that are going to be entering that kindergarten world that they can go on and get information that they're going to know what they have to do for their child to get registered? So um, registration has already begun for kindergarten. So if you have not registered your child for kindergarten, um, they, parents should call um, or email Sue Rowe at, at the school. Mm -hmm. um, and all of the information should be on the school website um, so that they can get their child registered. Because that's really important. They, you need to be registered before you start kindergarten. Sooner than later. Yes, the sooner the better. Yes. <laughs> Some people accurate, say, wait. Accurate numbers are important. <laughs> um, I think we I think we covered everything that we were hoping to cover as a kindergarten orientation. Um, is there anything else that you want? <laughs> and the both of you survive. Yeah, this wasn't yeah, this was easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was awesome talking to you. Yes. Does it mean you come back to us? Yeah, we'll Good. do it again. It was very, yeah, this was, yeah. I, it was not what I built it out to be, Allie, so, you. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a little scared. I thought we were going to be on camera, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, no one wants to be on camera these days. Oh, oh my no. goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. Usually, we're just, we just sit with big earphones on with a big microphone in front of us. So yeah, today was a little different, but uh, it was so good to have a chance to see both of you and to have you join us and, you know, help those parents go through this, we'll call it scary time of, oh my goodness, my child's going to kindergarten. And it could be their first time going to kindergarten with a child because they might have some little, little people. And I know that Ellen might be seeing some of them. And I know that that list of uh, people that want to be in the pre-K program is ever expanding. And so many people do want that for their child as well. So again, thank you so much for oh, joining. Oh, you're welcome. Us.
Thank you. Um, I just have a question. So I, you know, we are sending information out to parents. Um, We use Seesaw as our communication method. Um, Where do I tell them to get the podcast? How do they access it on the town website? Yeah, Um, the town website. And then as soon as it's up, I'll actually send you the link. Okay. So that if you can put it in whatever newsletter you have, um, be great. Directly link right to the link. Okay. That Um, sounds wonderful. Yeah, right now it's up on YouTube, but Kevin was actually saying that the town, they must have purchased access to um, Apple Music, Stitcher. So like, I don't know if you, if you listen to podcasts, but there's a bunch of different apps that people can download. Okay. And so now this podcast will be able to be listened through those things, which is really, yeah, it's really neat. Wow. Wow. Um, so that, but that was an additional thing from what we've always had. But YouTube is, everybody, everybody has access to that and it's up there. Thank you both again for coming and sharing this important information on getting your child ready for kindergarten. And we will be looking forward to having you both back.